Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to pod 30 of Red Side Le Trent. And since we last spoke to you, we now have the Premier League fixtures, of which Nottingham Forest are a part of. And there's been some more transfer talk. I'm joined today, as always, by Reese Lane, Adam Wicklow and Lee Clark. We'll start with the fixtures. Forest first... Premier League fixtures since 98-99, which is quite exciting. And, um, well, yeah, I mean, so our, obviously our, the hat sorted. We were, I guess it was interesting. We were all sort of like anticipating maybe like, I don't know, a Liverpool home Super Sunday because it's 30 years since the inception or maybe like just a Friday night game. But as it turned out, Reese, we got Newcastle away. So our first five games, actually, I think us called the Athletic are the fifth hardest in the league. We've got Newcastle away. West Ham at home, Everton away, Tottenham at home, Manchester City away. So, uh, interesting start. Get, get, I mean, to be honest, I guess at least two of the big ones out the way early. Like, get City out the way early in the first month isn't the end of the world. Like, I mean, obviously, there's no, you know, with Man City, you can't really expect them to get into their groove because they do that. They're so good they are from the get-go. But, I mean, as, as starts go for Forest, how do you feel about that being our first five fixtures back in the top flight? <laughs> Tough. Very tough. Um, New- Newcastle, I mean, as you were saying there, Christian, about Liverpool, you know, they play Fulham away, don't they? And that in Ontario, I was surprised with the fixtures, what actually made TV, to be fair. But um, yeah, Newcastle away, richest club in the world, aren't they nowadays? Newcastle. So <laughs> um, I think the positive I take out of that is there'll be a lot of expectation on Newcastle this season in my opinion um, so for us to go there on opening day they'll, they'll, they'll see that as ah, that's um, three points in the bag and um, we should beat them on opening day so we could kind of go there with that the pressure really will be on them and we can go kind of go up there with that much pressure and hopefully you know get a result um, first home game against West Ham <laughs> Can I say that's can I say that's winnable? Um, you know, end of the end of the day, you know, when you get into this league from the championship, you've got to build a good home record. Um, I think West Ham at home will be winnable. You know, we, I'm sitting here now, you know, looking at the squad at the minute. Obviously, we haven't made any signings yet, so it's hard to say. But um, Everton away again, you know, we know what. We know how toxic Everton can turn, so there'll be pressure on them at Goodison to get off to a good start on the Lampard. You, you don't know, for example, if they lose the first two games, the, you know, the pressure could be on straight away. Um, Spurs at home. <laughs> God. Again, uh, you know, I, I'm just going back to that home thing. You, I've, you've got to try and get points, haven't you, at home? 
City away is just a bonus. An I think, absolute yeah, bonus. If all, you can go the, there and get anything, brilliant. So, I think the Sky yeah. Six games in general are bonuses. I mean, like Spurs, like I said on the last pod, actually quite concerned me this season, especially if they're going to sign Lautaro as well. I mean, mm. you could have like they could come to Forest with a front three of Lautaro, Martinez, Kane, and Son. Like, well, this is this is what you get when you appoint an elite manager. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Antonio Conte. I, I still co- couldn't get round my head when you got Man United pundits on TV moaning at the structure of the club, but yet wouldn't take Antonio Conte, who's mm. the type of manager who'd rip it up. It's you know, and, to, and if players yeah. don't want to be there, he'd tell them to, you know, there's the door. So, yeah, tough start. Um, it is hard to say at the minute, really, because like you said, we don't know what a squad's going to be. And with the players we've been linked with, as we'll come on to, we don't really know a lot about them. Um, I think the two main links at the minute, apart from obviously Henderson, um, both play their trade in Germany. So unless you're an expert on the Bundesliga, it's kind of more of a casting eye. So yeah, we'll see. And but tough start. But when them first five, I seen them first five games, I was like very excited. I mean, to be Just, fair, yeah, from another perspective, I mean, Newcastle still be in transition. They still will be in transitional periods. West Ham have got a European game straight after us which isn't good for them. Yeah. Everton, again, transition, like you just said, as soon as the slightest inconvenience goes against them, their fans start getting bed sheets out and launching flares at the manager. And then Spurs, like, well, I mean, yes, yeah, Spurs and City you have to write off. I mean, if we can get out like even five points from those first three games, that would be a hell of a return. Um, I'm just trying to think. I think you, the sixth game is Bournemouth, isn't it, at home, which is... You know that's a that'll be a massive game. Mm. That's a game you gotta win. Um, is it a must win against where you can't start saying must win? It'd no, just be nice to get off to an early. It'd just be nice to get off to a good start. If we can win one of them first two games, I think that'd be really good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Even if we lost the other, say we lost at Newcastle, but then beat West Ham, you're like, right, that's kind of the monkey off his back. We won his first game. And then you might say you might beat West Ham and then you might be going into that Everton game away where they might, I don't know what their first two games are. Um, you might be going into that game thinking they might be under a little bit of early pressure. So you never know. But um, well, yeah, yeah. Very, 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 very excited. West Ham certainly have British playing for us. I mean, the Everton's first two games are Chelsea at home and Villa away, so they're not easy, mm. um, for example. So it, it just... Just the excitement of finally seeing, you know, us against the, the biggest and best clubs in England rather than the likes of Reading and Luton and Hull. It just, after all these years, it's just such a nice change and um, exciting. And, and I'm sure Steve Cooper and the players will be the same, relishing the opportunity. Definitely, yeah. And obviously, as Adam, as Reese has touched upon then, obviously September then is quite a pivotal, early pivotal period for us in our season because, as we've obviously got Bournemouth at home, Leeds away and then Fulham at home, which you know, if we can turn that into a seven point month at least, then that sets us up quite nicely. Yeah, definitely. We've just got to pick and choose our our, our times, I guess, in, in this division. I mean, a lot of people are saying that we should aim quite high. Now, obviously, Marinakis says we're going to aim high, but I think if everyone says, Oh, you get 17th, you keep Cooper and you build on for next season, no one's going to say no to that really I, I can imagine but um, it just depends on what we do transfer wise what other teams do obviously if, like Leeds are 
there's this talk of Rafinha and Calvin Phillips leaving, which is two massive players for them. And they've obviously got kind of a new manager, uh, Jesse March. Don't really know much about him apart from that he's American. So there's that. And Bournemouth, obviously, we know they signed a lot of players last season. So see how they adapt. We know what Park has been like in the past and and we've had our doubts. Um, uh, so there's that. Um so, yeah, but I think Fulham are probably the ones who are probably most equipped at the moment out of the three promoted sides to do well because they got the cheat code Mitrovic and I feel like uh, Silva will probably actually use him quite well this season and he could do he could do all right for them. But, yeah, it's just it's all about our recruitment. But I think, like, Cooper will do what he did last season, which is set little targets for each month and we'll go from there, really. I think that's quite kind of a good way to approach things. Definitely, yeah, it's all, it's all we can do. I mean, like, I don't think anything's going to change in that regard in terms of, like, you know, game at a time sort of thing, like, making sure that, you know, you can't, you can't really set expectations for it. Like I said, we can't really go into this league. Obviously, we're talking about it now because it's exciting, but you, know, you can't go into these games and think, oh, yeah, let's just win them all and see what happens because obviously that's not realistic. But, you know, we have to see what happens, of course. But, um, yeah, it's definitely exciting time. Yeah, it's interesting to see what these do as well. Because I mean, there's talk obviously they'll get Sander Burke to replace Phillips, which would be a good signing. And um, they're starting to sign a few more players in March's mould. So they could be a very interesting entity next season. So, of course, as well, we have the Qatar World Cup that's been slammed in the middle of the season, which is an inconvenient. We should be watching the World Cup right now, to be honest, but never mind. But of course, like, so the way it's staggered is in November, we have two games and Lee, very winnable games. So we've got Brentford at home and then Palace at home. So, looking at that, again, obviously, it's difficult to see before teams buy players, etc. But would you be looking at six points from those games, ideally? Yeah, you've got to be looking at six points from those, haven't you? I think it's um, if you get two bad results in those games, it's going to be an awful sort of four or five weeks. Well, what is it? You actually have four weeks, is it, I think? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be awful. It's going to be... It's bad enough when you lose before an international break and it's just a two-week break. So to lose two games or pick up, say, one point from those two games would be um, wouldn't be ideal. I mean, it, it is a bit theoretical at the moment. I mean, we could... I'm not saying we're going to be by any stretch of the imagination, but we could actually be fourth in the league by then or something. So if you lose the two <laughs> games then, it's not such a bad thing. But yeah, realistically, and looking at where we're going to be, looking to compete, then, yeah, you want to be getting maximum points from those games. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, certainly an interesting one. Obviously, of course, Reese after the World Cup, you know, we've got Manchester United on Boxing Day away and then Chelsea at New Year's, on New Year's Eve, sorry, at home, unless I get moved for TV. And, you know, I can sort of see you sort of like smiling, like, oh, Christ. But that could actually play into our hands a little bit being right after the World Cup because those two teams are most likely to have players that will go deep in that tournament and come back knackered. <laughs> I'm smiling to myself because it's just mad that I'm going to have to talk about Manchester United on the Forest podcast. Um, I mean, we all, I think everyone who, you know, has a thing of, thing of football, just a clear out mindset of football. We all know Man, what Man United have been like the last few seasons. I've, and I'm sure we have no idea what they're going to be like this season. Um, you know, I know Ten Hag's done well at Ajax, but he's going to be an unknown quantity in the Prem. So when that time comes, I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're going to be like on paper. You know, you'd, you'd say a home banker, wouldn't you? But 
and Ch- and Chelsea and Chelsea the same. You know, like, the, the excuse I will give Chelsea last season is, unlike Liverpool, they they got an absolutely no sympathy to the fact they lost James and Chilwell, who was a massive part of their how they played right and left wing back. And with respect, Alonso and you know. Asper Quat, I think, filled in there quite a bit. Yeah, not really this, yeah. yeah, not really got the same energy to get up and down. Um, so I, I don't know what place they'll be in. There's Chelsea, obviously, new owners as well for them. Um, because Tuchel will be under pressure, um, as they all are at top level. Um, so yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll see what happens when the time comes. But you know, it's like I just said, it's just. Just so I'm like looking at the fixtures now. Just so nice looking down and fixing and looking at the teams we'll be playing, and you know I'm I'm just excited at what's going to happen. You know every home game is going to be huge. Every away game is going to be you know there'll be people who've never experienced some of these stadiums. You know some of these stadiums are the best in the world. So mm. yeah, just can't wait for it all to kick off now. To be honest, definitely yeah, no, me neither. I think um one thing that will be a pivotal uh time already just looking at it early Adam will be April which is probably the only month of the calendar really that looks more like as your standards rough and tumble championship run because we've got so six games in April so we've got Wolves at home on April Fool so uh, who's going to be the fool that day I wonder Aston Villa away Manchester United at home Liverpool away Brighton at home and then Brentford away in April so that's you know we've got a midweek game in there but do you think in some ways that obviously there's some very difficult games there, namely like a trip to Anfield and obviously hosting United, who you know, obviously that could go one or two ways at United. That could be the end of Ten Hag's tenure, given how they've been in previous years, or it could be like the sort of end of transition when they start to come through it. So you know, a lot of obviously Villa away at that point, who knows how Jarrah could get that team playing. You know, but irrespective of that, do you think the fact that because we're so used to Obviously, we'll have, we'll have new players, of course, but the ones that the core the group that we keep will be used to playing like two games a week frequently. Do you think that sort of run of tiredness might not impact us as much as it might other teams, especially towards re- at the end of a long season as well? So it's really difficult to say, isn't it, Christian? Because obviously, the, the team are going to have to up a intensity as it is anyway with the Premier League. They, everyone always says how quick it is and relentless, but the Championship is just as gung ho. I would say, if not more so, for more 46 games. games, yeah, which is absolutely mental. But then you see how many teams go up to the champion to from the championship to the Premier League, and they still struggle, even though they're playing seven games less. It doesn't. I don't think it really like kind of matters in a, in a, in a way because the, the quality and the fitness is so much higher. Mm. So, I I don't think it's going to bar any like too much like. Uh, relevance for it in all, in all honesty um, I think the teams that are going to have like a, more, a lot more international players coming back off that like, like Reece said off the World Cup are, are probably going to start to real, really feel it then so hopefully that kind of plays into our into our strengths a little bit more because we'll be a bit more fresh um, I just hope that throughout the season especially at home and in the games where we've got a free hit we kind of just go for it a little bit and throw the kitchen sink at it because that's what we want at the end of the day. We just want to, we want to go there and give it our all, leave leave it on the pitch. And I think Cooper will do that. I, mm. I, I can't see him really holding us back too much, in all honesty, because he, he wants to go forward and he wants us to be on the front foot. And 
why should we go be scared of anyone in this division, really, no matter who they are? I know there's going to be teams that have probably got one player that will probably cost more than our entire squad. Um, but do you know what? It's still 11 against 11 at the end of the day. It's football, Anything can happen in football. And and I don't think the Premier League's any different. We've, we've seen it countless times that people can upset so many teams it, it doesn't really there's no there's no given in that in i i say in the premier league it's it's, it's very competitive no definitely yeah I and mean, it'd be very interesting to see i'm i'm, I'm really excited for it but <laughs> you all are but um no it'd be good it'd be really really good and then of course uh finally obviously we wrap up the season with four <laughs> we have i mean the fixture generator's not being kinder so in the start of may we've got southampton at home then Chelsea away. Then our last home game is Arsenal at home. And the last away game is Palace away. Now, Lee, obviously, by that point, you know, you'd hope Palace have nothing to play for if it comes to it. But <laughs> Chelsea and Arsenal, as two of your last three fixtures, isn't exactly ideal. No, it's not. I mean, you look at Chelsea this season, and I think they'd all but secured Champions League by then. Um, so that might not be too bad. Of course, Arsenal will probably have bottled top four by then. Um, so their season might be on the um, they might be on the beach by then but yeah I think the last game is a nice fixture you you would you typically look at Palace and I actually think Palace's recruitment is something that we could take some uh, inspiration from uh, this summer uh, Vera's got them playing and he, he typically signs I think it's Friedman that's signing the players there actually isn't it it is yeah he's doing um, football isn't he yeah. he's, he's doing the business in that on that side of things I mean they've signed some really good players particularly last season mm. Um and with all due respect to a club like Palace, they're, they're, they're going to be, they're not really going to be competing. I wouldn't have thought any higher than kind of a mid table. Top half would be an amazing season for Palace. Mm. And by then, they will have probably, they won't have a deal to play for. They won't be able to go down. They won't be able to get in Europe, I wouldn't have thought. So um, the last game's not too bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the Premier League or every fixture is going to have its challenges. Um, but I think the, had the run in, look like our start then you would be thinking shit we kind of need to be saved by the middle of March um, so yeah I think it could be worse but there is still some some pretty challenging fixtures down there to finish off as well definitely yeah of course well I think um, Eagle Eye Observers I remember the last time we had Palace away last game of the season of course we won 3-0 to get into the play to secure a playoff place so, yeah I was at that one I was at that match as well, yeah. So, you know, got a good if it if it does come down to Forest needing a win to survive in the last day, we've got a good omen. Anyway, uh so obviously wrap up the fixtures, I believe. Reese has a little quiz. Seems to take it over to you. Yeah, only a little small one. Um, but on the back of these fixtures, it's just something sprung into my mind. But I'm sure you all know who the big six are as the big six as a media call them, but for those who would argue it's Generally, Liverpool, Man U, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City, and Spurs. So, I just want to know off you guys. So I'll go down the list. Who was the last person in the Premier League for Forest to score past these teams? So, we'll start with Liverpool. Uh, Van Hoydonk, wasn't it? It was Van Hoydonk, correct. I wouldn't even have a clue, I don't think, to be honest. That was a 90 second minute free, free kick. Yeah. Uh, Man United. Uh, so this, was it Darcheville who scored? No, this is in the 8 1. So, yeah. this is who scored our goal in the 8 1. I don't think I, um, I'm not even sure. I actually can't remember. Probably um, Scott Gemmell. 
No. <laughs> so for that one was um, Alan Rodgers scored Thankful. our goal in that game. Um, Arsenal. This was a two-one defeat on opening day in nineteen ninety-nine. It was. We played in the blue pinnacle kit. Classic. Yeah. Um, because that's when like Darcyville shredded Martin Keown and everyone was like, We've got a great player here. <laughs> and just really said yeah. the person. Um, yeah, it was a sad thing, wasn't it? Darcyville, his wife, and that passed away, didn't oh, she? Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Poor guy. Um, I don't know, is that like Bonlaire, maybe? No, that was Jeff Thomas. Um, <laughs> I just go down the list of the other three. <laughs> so you got Chelsea. So the last person to score past them in the Prem for us was Van Oydonk as well. Mm. And the last home goal against them was Darshville. So that is one goal of the score for us. Man City was Kevin Campbell. And Spurs, was 41, was Dean Saunders. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a little... Um, hopefully all them records will be banished this season over the two games yeah, we've got to play got to with them. So. <laughs> like I'd hope we'd nick a goal. Yeah, every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, the, 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 the thing is though, Joe, when we play like Arsenal and Man United, I don't, you don't fear them as much as you used to do no. in the nineties and early two thousands. Not those two, it's, no. It's no. Chelsea, City, Liverpool, and Spurs that we're we're gonna be like if we can if we can make it respectable, then then that's like almost like an achievement. But at home. Just chuck the kitchen sink at him. Just, you know what I mean? Like, just go for it. Like, I think, yeah, I, I, I what's agree. The point? You, you, we had a bit of a go at Liverpool in the FA Cup, you know what I mean? That's why you kind of got it. You can't, you can't go full gung ho because you get them killed. type of teams. Yeah, when I say have a go, score, but, yeah, but you've got when to have, I say a, have a go. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, get players forward when we can and obviously be intelligent about it. You don't need to, like, just go, oh, fuck it. Do you know what I mean? But I mean, as in, don't don't keep like eleven men behind the ball. Like really press mm. and be intense, but like pick your moments. And I feel like that's what Cooper will do. He's a he's a yeah. clever manager. He's a good manager, and I think he is better. And I'm going to make a bit of a statement. I think he's better than at least like eight teams managers in this league. Oh, Cooper, I'd say he's top half manager. Mm. I go as far as saying that. It's, it, I think like the cutoff is probably like a, a, he's like probably on par with Graham Potter. In my opinion, I know Graham Potter's been doing it a while, and Brighton have done really well. Like progressively, they've got much better and better. And there's obviously talk about him maybe being the next England manager, but I think I think he is he's better than Lampard. And Lampard's had two jobs at teams that are way beyond his level. In he's my just opinion. failed upwards, Lampard, hasn't he? Really? Like, I don't I don't know how he managed to do that. It's purely his name. His name. Purely yeah. his name. I mean, Same someone thing. who took Derby from sit for sit and scored less goals despite playing in a more attacking way, despite having people like Mason Mount in the team, went to Chelsea. Yeah. Okay, did a right stick and fourth. Spent on a million pounds. They struggled. Then went to Everton to sixteenth. And then in, in the, like in the not, same. Same season, two short Champions League with him when he exactly. took over. Exactly, yeah, the squad was there. That's actually different. I just don't think, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, I'm not yeah, End of the day, I can't wait to slag off every team in the Premier League this season. I mean, Southampton are the new ones, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> if Cooper ends up doing well in the Premier League, he'll, he'll get linked to the England job because he's been part of the setup. Before, yeah. no, yeah, um, he's already on the odds. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's on, on the now. odds now. Yeah. You know, people probably laugh at that, but it'll. Because you know he's in the set, they do like to keep it within. I think then the FA. Yeah. I did, I, did chuckle, I did chuckle when I seen Andy Buford's name on there um, as next England manager. I was like, God, can you imagine that? Andy Hoofroyd, Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, but I I agree with you totally, Adam. There's no there's no 
you know, there's some, God, there's the two best sides in the world, in my opinion, in the Premier League. But I don't think when they come to Forest, I don't think, oh my God, that I absolutely terrified. You know what I mean? You just, it just, I'm excited to just see how we do against them. And to be fair, then probably them two mainly for me, the others are not too, too fussed about. But anything you get against them is probably a bonus. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, Adam, about picking your moments, Cooper will, you know, know what games we probably expect more to win and get points from. And, you know, you'd have to hope you catch City and Liverpool on that off day because it does happen. Well, Palace, you know, I think, four points. Yeah, Palace. Yeah, Palace. Right. I can't wait Palace for Ryan. City, didn't they? And... I can't <laughs> wait for Ryan Yates to be asked the question. You know, how do you stop Kevin De Bruyne? <laughs> I've already thought of this in my mind of him scoring an absolute pinger at the City Um, because you know he's probably he's my favourite player, De Bruyne. So be interesting. Yeah. Well, I just cool. be like, oh. <laughs> well, one person who are hopefully keeping the ball out the back of the net when De Bruyne comes to the City Ground is Dean Henderson, and. Uh, it looks like, I mean, hopefully by the time this pod comes out, Henderson will be a Forest player, but it looks like things are moving along pretty nicely. It looks like a loan, as, and the last report that we had was that, well, I say we, as in the fans, not us, we're not like some exclusive like Sky Sports panellists, but um, the last report that we cut was um, the Forest had dug their heels in, and it looks like we've got the option to buy as well, which I think is quite important. Reese, you know, we spoke before about Nick Pope, um, you know, about how, you know, it was mental to see him being linked. You know, and in some ways, Henderson, like if Henderson's a caliber of player that Forrest is going to go after, that's quite a statement because you know, he's very comfortably one of the better keepers in the Premier League. The only like if you think the only reason why he's not been playing for Manchester United Football Club is because of David Ahea, a world class keeper for the last ten years. That's quite you know, that's quite a high bar. I mean, it is mad because I've got a couple of mates who support United and we spoke a couple of years ago how we, in our minds, would have probably moved the hair on then and Henderson would have took over as number one at that mm. stage in time. Um, you know, obviously that hasn't happened He's and De Gea has kept his number one spot because, like you say, Christian, he is a world-class keeper on his day, no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a massive coup. Same with Pope. Um you know, I think Lee probably hit this bang on the head in the group. Um, I probably, I personally said Pope's probably better in the here, here and now because he's he's obviously playing a lot more, etc. in the England squad at the minute. But Henderson overall ticks more boxes because he's younger um, and obviously got that potential to become a lot better. So, yeah, it'd be, it, that'd be a great signing. And, you know, seeing as linked and looking to sign them types of players is can only be good and the thing I like about it as well is it'd be so easy for Dean Henderson this is all hypothetically speaking because it's not happened yet but it'd be so easy for him to think well Forrest had just come up do I really want to go there I could I could probably get a more mid-table prem club maybe um, and if he's thinking is oh I can go there and play 38 gate well 36 being on loan from United whoever it's for in the Premier League, then that's a good attitude to have, in my opinion. So, yeah, it'd be nice if we could sign him. Obviously, you can't um, you can't knock Sam before what he did last season, especially at the back end of last season. And it is a little bit of a shame how it's kind of, mm-hmm. if reports are a bit to believe how it's kind of gone. And But Henderson's an upgrade on Samba. And if Samba's kind of, 
you know, I don't know, throwing the toys out the pram. You know, I, you know, we mentioned this on the last pod, didn't we? Um, his brother posting that thing up. I don't think you know that's not ideal, really. Uh, that Instagram post, and it just seems like he wants to go back to France. So that'll be one. If he does, it'll be yeah. Thank you very much. You'll go down in Forest folklore as one of the best goalkeeping performances the club's ever seen in that second leg. And it'll be thank you very much and good luck. And you know, next man up, as um, the manager says. Very much so, yeah. Maybe we'll come on to that a bit more in, in a bit, Sam. But, but yeah, it's quite sad how it's all sort of transpired. But um, you know, as I say, one door closes, another opens, etc. Next man up. But uh, Adam, obviously, as a keen football manager enthusiast that you are, I'm sure you're delighted to see that Moose and Iacate has been linked with Forest. Um, from my own personal experience, he was an absolute man mountain rock for me when I first got Forest into the Premier League on FM19. Um, but obviously, all like a uh, computer game theatrics aside it does actually seem quite an astute signing it looks like we've beaten West Ham and ever since the punch to get him um it looks like again you know very much in the Syrianos Murphy mold like very athletic very strong very quick very good in the ball you know again helps us in transition and it looks like you know I mean people compared him as like you know a slightly like similar metrics to um, Rudiger which would be insane for Forrest really I mean so obviously him coming into the back three I presume you know Please of that strong sign build from the back. Yeah, absolutely. He's a captain of minds as well, I believe. So that also adds to that leadership quality that we, we will need in the Premier League. He's a good age, 26, still got room to improve as well. I believe he, I know I've harped on about this plenty of times, but possibly could play left back or left wing back. Hopefully, it's maybe to get that centre back playing left wing back, aren't you? Well, not, 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 I'm not, but like we just, we're not really been linked with anyone. I mean, the only one we've probably been linked with, and we might talk about him, is Callum Styles. You could probably mm. play there, so which would be an interesting acquisition. But now I think it's clever. I mean, one year left on his contract means we're going to get him hopefully for a cheap, uh, cheap million, deal sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, and I think with Premier League money, you could probably offer a little bit more in a wage packet than than you can at Mines. Um, so. And he'll, he'll want to challenge himself, I guess, in the Premier League. He'll, it's just where, if he played in the back three, does he play in the middle or does McKenna move to the middle or, or what? Because Steve Cook was instrumental to it for his last season and he's going to be instrumental for, for this season because he knows the Premier League pretty well. So it's an interesting one, but it's it's a good signing because we're going to need that need that uh, depth as it as it as you will. Uh, and... I think it's a good acquisition. It's smart from from the recruitment team. No, definitely. I, I do think we'll probably see. I think near Carlton in the middle of the back three. To be honest, and I think what you might see in the last twenty minutes to go, if we're up against it, maybe his Cook comes on for him or McKenna, just to get that sort of leadership over the line, sort of thing. It'll be interesting to see how Cooper plays that. It's a good problem to have, though. It also looks like when it comes to transfers, either you know Taiwo, Awanai. I think we'll go with that. Awanai. I think is how it's pronounced. You know, from Union Berlin, looks like he could be joining checking on trans side. Uh, obviously, he looks very much in a very similar sort of mould to Davis in the sense that you know, very like powerful target man striker who's very good with his feet, very quick. But obviously, only going by the Bundesliga, fifteen league goals in that league last year. The team who came fifth, could, you know, potentially like hand in glove fit for Cooper's system. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. It probably highlights what sort of strikers Cooper wants in his squad. Um, to me, he looks like a. He's clearly an alternative to Keenan Davis, isn't he? I, I think we are going to be priced out of Keenan Davis. I, I don't think, as much as we've loved watching him for the last six months, I don't think anyone 
would agree that he's worth anything close to 15 million. I mean, that's that's just ludicrous. I mean, I, I get that he's English and I get that he's a young player, but his goal scoring record doesn't it, it doesn't make sense. It, it it just doesn't. Aston Villa are trying to have our pants down there, big style. Um, I think something in the ball, you know, in the region of like eight to ten. And you'd, you'd kind of say, yeah, let's do a deal. But if it is going to stay at 15, I don't think we'll see Keenan Davies back. And I think the club know that they're not going to pay that. So they've, they've targeted um, this this guy. And yeah, he, he looks, like you say, the Bundesliga is different to the Premier League. But I think there's a bit of a looking on, uh, well, having conversations with Forest fans, really. There's a, oh, we need proven Premier League experience where it's nice to have players that have played in the Premier League before, but they're probably going to cost a bit more than what this this kid's going to cost. So, yeah, I'd be all for it. And I think it kind of highlights that Cooper wants, if he's going to have three strikers competing for that one place up front, um, I know that we often say it, it kind of interchanges between a one and a two. Obviously, Johnson's going to stay, so he's going to take one of those roles. I think it just highlights that he wants three different sort of players. And he's obviously going to be the, the guy that acts as the battering ram to, to take the Davis role, basically. Mm. It would be interesting what happens with Davis, actually. You think it's a valid point. I mean, like I said, it, it, no one's going to pay 15 for Davis. So it's either they get, I mean, they're, they're very clearly prioritising um, Cameron Archer's development as well. So I wonder if with Davis, they're kind of pricing him at that now, thinking that if Forrest liked him that much, they'd just say, oh, yeah, go on, then it's 15 million. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think when it gets to kind of maybe not deadline day, but with like two or three weeks left, if Aston, down. if Aston Villa have got their players sorted, I think they might kind of, if Forrest kind of test the water with 8 million rising to 10 or between 10 and 12, I think they might, because they, they're not going to want a player like that. Villa seem like a good club. They're not going to want um, a player sat doing nothing. And I think even with nine subs, Davis is probably going to struggle to get uh, game time in a, a Steven Gerrard system. So I think they do want to get rid of him, but I think they're kind of, they're playing a bit of a, the game of poker with Forest at the minute, I think. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment, definitely. So obviously, Reese coming back to Samba, as you say, like it looks like he's very much off to Lons. In um, the, I think that's how you say it. I know it's definitely not Lens, but um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, like I said, he's generally quite sad. I mean, like you know, he's one of the best goalkeeping performances the club's ever seen. That second leg, you know, cult hero, you know, and obviously he's had some detractors. Obviously, has had some criticisms, and some of it, some of it fair, some of it unfair. But I mean. You know, one of the best keepers in the league last year. You know, prevented eight goals according to the Statman. It's, it's just, I think it's more like, obviously, being ruthless. Of course, it makes sense to upgrade to Henderson, but it is quite sad the way he's sort of thrown his toys out the pram a bit. It seems, and obviously, we don't know the full story, but yeah, obviously, it's a bit of a shame. As when it's confirmed, which looks like it is a when rather than if now, it will be quite a sad sort of like realization. Yeah, it will be a shame, but. I'm very much, there's no room for sentiment, you know, especially in this league, especially in this league, because, you know, I I think there's probably a few fans out there, I don't think you understand the challenges of the Premier League. You know, I've seen, I get this next man up mantra, but, you know, I've seen a few like, you know, yeah, Horvath can step in like, come on, you know, Horvath is an all right back up for championship. He's not a starter in the Premier League. Same with, you know, with Spence possibly leaving, it's like I wonder if you, you know, say old, Finn back. Um, bless him. Yeah, also, yeah, like you know, Larea can step up into him. You know, with respect to Larea, we've not seen much of him in the championship. So 
why you'd automatically assume he's good enough for the Premier League. And as well, Finn Back, who's still a young lad as a backup, a, for example. Yeah. He's a you can't chuck these players you, back no, in the Premier you, you League. Can't, like. you'll, just, you'll just go straight back down. And it, you, it's unfair on the player, really, if, when mm. a young lad. You just, you know, when people are out of depth, it's just, <laughs> you know what I mean? There is levels to football. And, you know, we've said in his group, Forrest have got to recruit a lot of players and we've got to recruit well because we've seen the squad and at the minute you look at that squad it's weak for the Premier League and plus there's several players in the squad at the minute who need either loans i.e. Alex Martin and possibly Panzo as another a bit, yeah. um, you know and there's players who probably need to be moved on as well Xander Silva being one you know, I'd, I'd even be inclined to say Joe Lolly, but again, that's probably where your sentiment comes in. Of he's been here all these years, and he's been a major part um, trying to get us back to the Premier League. And it's like, would you give him a season in the Prem, like kind of out the goodness of your heart? Really, yes, I think the five subs thing says like, really. Yeah, true, true, very true. Um, but. <laughs> You know, he'll probably be part of the squad, maybe, I think, yeah. maybe for a season. And then it'll be like, yeah, that's, you know, moving on then. But Colbert will probably be another at that stage as well next season. But it depends what happens. It depends. What, it depends. I know he's out of contract in the next summer, Colbert, but it depends what happens. Grabbing would be another. Yeah, um, he signs. Yeah. You know, but the priority for us this season is, you know, getting a good, a good, a solid squad together and making sure we stay up in this league because. However, I know Maranakis wants more and, you know, I'd like more as well. And I'm hoping we can not be a bit like Brentford, really, where they was kind of on the edge of the cusp of getting dragged in, but then they pulled away and, you know, quite an easy end to the season, really. Then that would be ideal. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it would be a disaster, really, for us to go back down. We, we don't want that to happen. So, the, you know, the, the scrutiny of recruitment over the last, you know, God knows how many years in the championship, this is even more key now because you're going up a level. So you've got to find players who are the right people, like Cooper says, and can do the job at this level. No, definitely. It's um it's gonna be an interesting summer for sure. But um one person who is heading out the exit door, Adam, is <laughs> Mohammed Drager, who has once again secured what another loan away from the club. <laughs> um Obviously, he only played for us, and it's quite funny seeing the pictures, guys, because like, obviously, the the picture of the club uses him playing for the under twenty three because that's the only player he's played for us. So he's gone to FC Lurzen on a um, loan for the whole season. I I'm hoping or imagining that'll be his him to his contracts up, but you know, obviously, Reese just touched upon how important recruitment is. Hopefully, that's the end of signings, ill thought out signings like that. Surely, uh, yeah, I'd imagine so. I think. I don't really know what else to say about about it. It's yeah, it's got to be the end of it. I mean, obviously we've released Bong Jenkinson. Unfortunately, we've still got Arter on the books uh, and Acosta, I believe. So I think they're the last few to really get rid of now. Um, now it's kind of like we've got to just build for the future, build our youth set up as well, uh, improve things around the training ground, uh, and obviously the stadium needs a massive revamp as we've said and we're trying obviously to get this whole main stand debacle over the line uh, maybe the next season or so to get that sorted but yeah we now just need to start bringing in players that we can in 
send out on loan or whatever, and then hopefully bring into the first team eventually. Uh, Panzo is obviously someone that's been mentioned, although I felt like he could probably be someone of use this season. But Mayton is massive on that list. I think even Canate is there, Larson, maybe even a Finn back. You send out on loan. Tyrese Fauna is an interesting one because obviously he's been in the league one a couple of times. Do you send him out hopefully to a to a champ side or do you kind he's of say, him. look, yeah. uh, get a permit? He's 23. Like, if you're not playing first team football, I think like you've got to like kind of look at even it's the it's same situation with Dean Henderson at Man United. If he's going to come to us with an option to buy and he's going to look to get in that squad for Qatar. It's ideal for him. He's 25 and he should be a first team keeper. If I'm honest, I think he's he, he's he'd match Pickford, if not surpass him for, for number one. It would be between him and Ramsdale for me. I know Ramsdale had a bit of a tricky Nations League, I heard, but I, I think he's a better keeper than Pickford. <laughs> so that's no, just I, my I don't opinion. About that. That's that's quite that's wild opinion that one is. I reckon if Ramsdale's in goal for Everton, they go down the last season ahead of Pickford. Pickford was instrumental in him up. Pickford's England's number one for me. He's never put a foot wrong for England. I, I was very thingy about Pope for a while becoming for England, but yeah, Pickford for me on that. I think what I like about Dean Anderson potentially joining is he's another shithouse character. And I think like that's something that kind of gives him Pumps the nod over ball, someone like Pope. Yeah, yeah. You've, I think you've got to have them type of people in the dressing room. And he knows what it's about being at Sheffield United for the two seasons he's on loan there. Obviously, don't I don't know why... Sheffield and I have never exercised the, the the option to buy him at, at some point. I'm sure he would have, to be fair, I think it's just straight loans. Yeah, but hopefully now with Pickford being at his age, he's probably maybe saying, look, well, I'm either number one here or I'm going to go be number one else somewhere else. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll want to make that permanent because you can't be a, be a backup to, to De Gea. De Gea has still probably got another three or four years. Mm. That's the thing in this with goalkeepers nowadays. No, it's, it's interesting that um, United looking maybe be putting Tom Heaton as a number two this year rather than getting a younger goalkeeper in because they still think the Hay has got a good few years left, which you know is crazy. It's like Schmeichel all over again. Like he just didn't seem to decline towards the end until eventually he did. And at that point, you know, they got so many years out of him. It was sort of like you know, fair play to you, thanks for your service. So yeah, it's an interesting one that. And um, yeah, I really hope we can get that one over the line because that'd be very important for us. And of course, you know, as we as we touched upon earlier, it looks like Jonathan Panzo has been made available for Lonely. Where if you had to pick a destination for him, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, you know, it might it's part very feasible and they so follows him out the known as well. And then you've got four centre backs, assuming we sign the Akate. So does that mean we have to sign a fifth? Or but obviously we'll cross that bridge as on when we get there. But in the short term, I mean, if you had to pick a cherry pick a club and like round England, let's say, for Panzo to go to. Who would you want him playing at? Yeah, I think it's difficult with any player that we loan out because I would like to see him go to a club that plays straight at the back, especially mm. Panzo being the left-sided uh, option, typically. Um, I can't think of a club, but I just think someone who suits, who plays very similar to how we play. Um, someone who, well, a manager who likes to kind of get his teams playing out from the back as well would help. Um, maybe with Appleton going to Blackpool maybe if you're going to push me for a club somewhere like that I think he proved on that last day of the season against all that he is capable of playing in the championship um, I know that game was a bit of a a bit of a nothing game but he looks comfortable he looks composed you can tell he's played quite a bit of men's football before so I'd be a bit disappointed if he went to League One um, yeah. 
unless it was a club like, say, Wednesday or something like that, I'd want him to go to a sizable club in League One. Um, but yeah, I think he's capable of playing 40-odd games in the Championship, to be honest. Um, yeah. So yeah, somewhere like Blackpool, I don't know how Appleton's going to set his team up there, um, but he, he does seem a good coach when it comes to younger players, uh, given the work he did with Johnson and Morgan Rogers. I'm sure there's other examples as well, but yeah, somewhere like that. Um, what I what I really hope doesn't happen is that he goes to a club that's kind of gonna maybe see him as a backup option. Um, yeah. I don't think Forest, I don't think Forest would want that anyway. But Championship clubs do it a lot where they'll sign a player of Panzo's age and then just stick him on the bench to somewhere like Stoke. They'll play Jagielka and Flint every week and then have Panzo as the backup. I just hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, I think that'd be. Detrimental. It's like that's prime FM territory. That is, you have to talk yeah. to a manager to sort of say you've disagreed from the loan agreement. But um, no, it, it, you're right about Appleton as well. I'd, I'd like to see Martin go there personally. It's Blackpool. Um, yeah. You know, if, he, if he can work wonders with Johnson and Rogers, like you said, then who knows what you can do with Martin? We'll have to stick a pin in that one and see what happens. I think with I think with Martin, it's it's a little bit different in the sense that because he plays in one of the forward positions, he's got he's literally got to go to a, he might have to go to a Championship club that's not necessarily going to compete at the top end of the league because mm. I just think his biggest problem it. his biggest problem right now is um his consistency and I think if he's not consistent in the championship he will get he'll just get put on the bench mm. um so in his sense perhaps perhaps there is a case for maybe a league one loan at one of the bigger clubs Wednesday I do yeah I think yeah that wouldn't be a bad shout at all actually but um yes I mean obviously we always talk about transfers very exciting and we obviously asked you, what realistic transfer would you want to see Forrest make and why? Read a few of these out. So, Mappy Red says, Morgan Gibbs-White, him and Johnson would tear up the fences. Liam Waghorn, Morgan Gibbs-White, would be a really exciting signing. You might be able to sense a bit of a trend here. Uh, can't even read that. But something Forrester from RSC Ohio says, Gibbs-White hands down for me. Uh, Grant Fellows, following the theme, Morgan Gibbs-White, I think he and Johnson will cause a lot of things problems. And Rob says, Keenan Davis and Jimmy Garner is in brackets, is spent still realistic? I think continuity is important. Thank you again for all your submissions. And yeah, I guess. So, Reese, who would you, if you could make one realistic signing, who would it be? I mean, to be honest, I mean, it's difficult now because I didn't think Dean Henderson would be a realistic signing, but here we are on the cusp of signing him. So, <laughs> depends what you see is realistic, isn't it? I guess. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I mean, I'd love to keep Spence personally still, and I'd love to keep Garner as well. Mm. And and Davis. I, I do think the fee was a bit too much for Davis, but um, I still think we'll sign him. You know. Yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see on that. You, you just think with Villa, like they've had two seasons back in the Prem now, and they, and they've obviously backed Gerard. You know, they're signing players like Coutinho last season. Yeah, they, they've kind of gone up to that next level of like, look, now we want to be pushing mm. into them latter Europe places where West Ham was last season. So would Keenan Davis be part of that? You'd probably think not. They will just see stocks high because of how he's done well at Forest. That's the way it goes in football. Um, <laughs> you know, do, going, I bet, I bet, you know, I bet Murphy and Cooper have literally got all the positions they want, and I bet they've got half a dozen names at each position. Because yeah. I've seen like people saying, you know, oh god, we're getting linked with so many players, and there'll be play, you know, there'll be players 
who not even on Forest radar. There'll be loads of agent talk. They'll know what Forest was like uh, pre Murphy. Of you know, very agents seem to recommend players and stuff. Newly promoted side as well. You factoring into that, so there'll be all sorts of links, and there'll, there'll be players we are chasing what want to come out like this guy from Union Berlin who we've been linked with today up front, that's not been mentioned until today and apparently like as if we're about to make a bid for him. So um, <laughs> the one I'm going to go for, I don't know if he's realistic, but I've said Antti in the group, Joachim Mailer from Atalanta would be mine. But I've seen apparently like Spurs was, he was on their list, I think if he didn't get Spence and, but Atalanta didn't want to sell. But I don't know. That would be um, one, yeah. yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I'll drive to the car multiple times. I mean, like you just said, Christian, with what's realistic and what in in the Premier League, you just don't know. If someone would have said to me, you'd have been after Nick Pope and Dean Anderson, England international, when we got up, I'd have been like, yeah, good one. Um, so you you don't know. Tough question. Definitely. Yeah. I think what's what's interesting as well is that you know, we're seeing. Obviously, Bournemouth, I believe, have lost Laird back to United, um, and they've replaced him with Ryan Fredericks. I mean, that mm. that smells that says to me like they're planning for next year in the championship already. <laughs> so it's, it is interesting to see how it happens there. But I mean, no, it's it's good to be shopping at a different supermarket. Put it that way. <laughs> Adam, what about you? If you could sign anyone realistic, who would you pick? I'm gonna go for someone that's not been mentioned, but I think would be a decent signing at potentially the left wing back role. And that's probably someone like Charlie Taylor at Burnley. Okay. I just think in a, in a back five, he might be a bit better going forward at Leeds. He was kind of got this reputation of quite an attacking fullback and he's got good left foot when I've seen him play, obviously, but, but Burnley obviously didn't like, didn't really push that kind of boat out. Did they? they didn't really get, allow them suspended, obviously with the new owners coming in and, basically taking loans to purchase the club and, and whatnot. They, they couldn't really do anything. It, it's either like him or, or Maxwell Corner even at Burnley, I think would, Corner be, would be good. Yeah. It would be really good signings. And I'm surprised that I've not really seen Keane Lewis Potter touted about, to be honest. It seems like he's um, set for West Ham, doesn't he, Lewis Potter? Like, it sort of seems to be a lot of like, if you know, after a few months, it looks like it's going to get done at some point. They've just been in duty. West Ham and um, Crystal Palace are obviously doing this very, very acute thing where they're, they're picking out the EFL kind of players mm-hmm. to join them. I mean, you look at West Ham getting Ben Rama and Bowen and and then like a couple of other extras and then obviously Palace really heavily doing it with like Eze, Michael Elise the last couple of years and, and then taking a few good loan players uh, who did well in the championship like Gallagher and Gurhey and turning them into Premier League quality. So it, it's an interesting one. I mean, do you look at someone like Callum O'Hare or, or Scott Swine at, at MK Dons? I know that's a big jump from League One to the to the Premier League for, for Scott Swine, but Deli Ali did it. And I think Scott Swine done even better than what he was doing in League One. So I think some of these are quite decent gambles to take almost because they're either sink or swim. But even yeah. if even if so, if, if the inevitable does happen and we go back down, we're, we're, we're reasonably strong. But the, the ones we've been linked to already see, already tells you that we're going to really push the boat and and look to to more than float. So yeah, I mean, would you guys take bowler now, or do you think that's sailed that ship? I think that's it's a difficult now. one because he's an upgrade on Joe Lolly, isn't he? 
yeah. for me. And he's obviously a young lad and he potential, you know what I mean? I'm just... I don't know if I should revisit that or if that's the, same the guy. With, same with someone like Callum O'Hare at Coventry, because I was yeah. really impressed with him. Until until Morgan Gibbs-White, in that second leg, I thought Callum O'Hare looked like one of the stronger players we've played against. Although, he's always done well against us, O'Hare. Although Coventry, in that second game of the season against us, just their finishing was terrible, but mm. he was a nuisance. Uh, so there's so many players... <laughs> you could look at it's just the 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 market's going to go mental now because of how much we got from that gate from that one game do you know what i mean they obviously had what uh recent had to say for their signings that they want to make so if you could pick one realistic transfer who would you pick yeah i've thought about this and there is some honorable mentions i mean i'd love us to sign gibbs white i think he's a, a great player he'd be right at the top of the list i also think callum here is good at coventry um, but just to be a little bit different and go against the green, I'm going to go for Gareth Bale. Um, <laughs> I just think it is realistic because just with the the Welsh connection with Cooper and obviously playing with Johnson, and he's not even that old. He's 32 and he's got a World Cup to look forward to. And with all due respect to Gareth, Gareth Bale, he's not probably going to go to another World Cup. He'll be 36 by the time the next one comes round. All this guff about he doesn't need to sign for a club, he's going to be fit and he's going to be rearing to go. Gareth Bale will want to take this World Cup by storm. And to do that, he's going to need to be playing. Um, I don't think he'll cost a fortune. People look at his wages at Real Madrid. He's not going to go to any club and say, I want 600 grand a week again. Because he knows he's not going to get it. He's he's an intelligent man, he's Gareth Bale. Um, And I just think on a short-term deal, whether it be a year or two, I think he could do a job. And I think you said, Christian, when we were talking about it last week, he used Tottenham as a gym and he scored. Yeah. I think he, he got about 18 goal contributions. 12 and 20 he got in the league. Goals. Yeah. So yeah, that's what it, he's it's assists. Yeah. It's crazy. You're talking about a player who, and that, some of the stuff I've read about Gareth Bale, oh, we don't want him. He's old. He's not. He was a flop at Real Madrid. A flop at Real Madrid. He won five Champions League titles. <laughs> Three league titles, scored God knows how. I think he scored over a hundred goals for them. It's it absolutely is, yeah. So I would go for Bale. I'd get him in for a couple of years, um, and I just think his form in in the first half of the season would be really good because I think he would. The problem you'd have, I suppose, if you signed him is how would he be after the World Cup once that's out of the way? But I think it'd be a risk worth taking because I think he'd, he'd win us loads of points during those. I think he'd be professional enough, you think, Bale. I mean, like, yes, I mean, look at, um, I think, a comparable situation, actually, and one that is actually quite obvious, pertinent, really. If you look at um, Ericsson at Brentford, Ericsson before he, um, sorry, Brentford before Ericsson got there were going down. There's no doubt about that. I think they won like yeah. 2 in 20 at one point. Then Ericsson comes in, they win eight out of the next 14. Like, if Bale does that for us for half a season, like, Forest stay up. You know, that's that's and even if, if he comes back from the World Cup and comes back with like, you know, gets a cigar out from January onwards, he's probably done yeah. the work that he would have needed to to keep us in the league. So, yeah, I firmly back Bale. I think Bale would be tremendous. Imagine that, like Gareth Bale. Like, you know, we've gone from like, like you said, being linked with Cordy Woodrow and people like that to signing Gareth fucking Bale up front. Like, it'd be and I just, I actually think he'd suit Steve Cooper's style down to the ground. I think he'd love that. Um, sort of a Zinconaga role where you're kind of on the pitch and you think, oh, he's going to play on the left, but he just roams between the left and the number 10 spot and just links things up now. It's almost like a free role, that position. Yeah. 
Gareth Bale doesn't need coaching. He doesn't need Steve Cooper telling him what to do. He just needs putting on the pitch. Um, I just, I just think Bale on a free. Yeah, you'd pay yeah. it. He's, I mean, if if you believe what you read in the papers, we're paying Dean Anderson hundred grand a week. So mm. I'm sure we've got something left in the kitty for um, Gareth Bale. I mean, it'd be an absolute travesty if he went to Cardiff. This is nothing against Cardiff, but that was one of the fixtures that if we were still in the championship, it's probably the most minging two fixtures. <laughs> I know he's from yeah. Cardiff, but he can't go there. It would be an absolute travesty if he prepared for the World Cup by playing in a championship side managed by Steve Morrison at Cardiff City. It'd just be <laughs> tragic. No, I, I do. I would agree with that. To be fair. Yeah. In terms of like, you know, thinking back to what Adam just said about like smarter signings, I think even Gus Hamer from Coventry would be a decent midfield signing. You know, I'd like to see us look at Josh Tymon from Stoke at left wing back. I'd like to see us look at Max Aaron's at right wing back from Norwich. You know, somebody's been in the Premier League for two out of the last three years as well. I think he could be a good, very good, very outstanding replacement for Spence, really. You know, very similar metrics, very like, quick, good going forwards, solid defensively. It'd be good, it'd be good acquisition for us. I do, however, think that I would love to see Gibbs White at Forest. I think if we had, you know, you know, if you got, you got your front attacking unit and it's Gibbs White behind uh, Johnson and Wanai, for example. That would be pretty exciting to watch as a fan. Again, like very quick, very strong, very like pressing as a unit. Like, actually, I do wonder if that's one of the reasons why I've been looking at Germany because you know, the fact that their players are more you know, brought up to press out there. And obviously, that, that will fit into our system better. Again, especially, it certainly fits in the philosophy better of like, you know, being athletic, playing on the front foot, you know, being like, you know, running into the ground pretty much. So, yeah, I'd love to see MGW at the Forest. I think that would be so exciting. Like and then, again, I, I, I'd still take Zinkenegel like, as a backup option to him. But if you had Gibbs White starting games, like if he wants to be more defensive, for example, you can bring Zinkenegel on. You'll like track back and like, as we see him do so often last season. But yeah, I think Gibbs White would be the one for me. That'd be very exciting, and hopefully we can um, swoop before he signs your deal at Wolves. But we will see. And um, yeah, that wraps up the podcast. Obviously, we'll be back soonish to discuss more things and hopefully with more players in the bag and more exciting transfer rumours and links and whatnot. But uh, yeah, until then, enjoy the summer and come on you Reds. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.